We're in the house. We're in the house.
Talking about the Royal Raptor House today. We in the house. For real, for real we in the Crowns, house. Palaces and elaborate ceremonies. But what are they really? Most view the Queen as a benign old lady and symbol of England. But deeper research shows she and the royal family are nothing but a ruthless criminal gang whose enormous wealth, built on the suffering of millions, remains a. of Africans. Of Africans. We got to heavily stress of Africans, of black people, of Africans, whether it's where I'm from in the Caribbean that she still owns or Australia or motherfucking period of Africans. Let, let, let's not. We fill in the blanks. OK, understand what the fuck I'm saying. State secret to this day with the royal family's considerable media influence. Did you hear? And Her wealth is a state secret to this day, but we're going to get into it. Of England, but deeper research shows she and the royal family are nothing but a ruthless criminal gang whose enormous wealth, built on the suffering of millions, remains a state secret to this day. With the royal family's considerable media influence, it's easy to get caught up in the romance and pageantry, but beneath the gilded palace gates lies a hidden world of scandals, Nazis, murder, and even cannibalism. Queen Elizabeth II, one of the most influential and recognizable people alive today. Most think of UK's royal family as purely symbolic, with no real power. This notion, however, could not be further from the truth. While the United States fought a lengthy war to gain independence, nations such as North Ireland, Canada, Australia, That's right. and New Zealand never fully gained complete sovereignty from the never, crown. Never, 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 never. from ribbon cutting and picture... And we, we also got to understand that you only really gain, gain freedom by fighting your enemy, okay? And I'm not saying, like, like go out there and kill her. The CIA will be at our doors, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying... But just... What I am saying is think. Think deeply. Remember in the last video how we asked such deep questions, Right? Let's ask let's 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 break this bitch down again. Let's let's ask some deep questions, okay? Let's ask some deep questions. Because 
And I've been saying that. That's why I'm like, there's no independence. Nigeria is not free. There's no fucking Nigerian independence. Nigeria is not free. Nowhere in Africa is free. Stop lying. Okay. St. Vincent's not free. Okay. Where I'm from is not free. The fuck? Canada's not free, nigga. We have a constitutional monarchy. You know what the fuck a constitutional monarchy is? Af- I'm like, Jesus Christ. Canada, Australia, New Zealand. Constitutional monarchy. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. We're in the house. We're in the, the house. The queen is actually head of state in all Commonwealth nations. Head of state. This is the power to dismiss and appoint new prime ministers and parliament members. She can command armed forces, refuse parliamentary legislation, pardon convicted criminals, and even declare a state of emergency. In fact, all leaders of Commonwealth states, such as UK, Canada, and Australia, swear allegiance not to the people who elected them, but the queen. This even applies to judges, lawyers, and police. Mr. Speaker, the queen commands this honorable house to attend Her Majesty immediately in the House of Peers. Canadian warships are called HMCS, or Her Majesty's Canadian Ships. In Australia, it's Her Majesty's Australian Ship. Canadian police are known as Royal Canadian Mounted Police. The UK Prime Minister even consults with the Queen once a week. No record is kept of these legendary meetings, despite their obvious influence on public affairs. The Queen is legally entitled to meet the Prime Minister once a week. If she can't meet him in person, she's allowed a telephone conversation. During these meetings, she's allowed to discuss anything she wishes, any matter at all. Um, However, whatever she does discuss is kept completely confidential from the rest of the public. We do not have a right to know what she discusses on her behalf. With wealth comes power, specifically the power not to obey the laws of the land in the way that every other citizen of the country is required to do. The Prince of Wales Duchy of Cornwall is not, for instance, subject to planning permission or planning consent in the way that any other builder would be. This means that Charles can avoid fines of up to £50,000 that will be levied against anyone else breaking these planning laws. Every other landlord has to grant squatters rights if they occupy land for 10 years. But for the Prince, that time limit is 60 years. Normally landlords must allow their leaseholders to buy the freehold on a property. But not the Prince, who can hold leaseholders in that condition forever. The Duchy only pays tax voluntarily and has free advice from government lawyers. It also benefits from exemptions that no other private sector body enjoys. For instance, Charles pays no corporation tax or capital gains tax on his business enterprises. As a reminder of her enormous power, Commonwealth nations even display the Queen on their currency. While many are unaware of such powers, most of those who are view these powers as emblematic. In reality, not only are these powers genuine, she has flexed this inherited power in the not-so-distant past. Australia, 1975. The government is hopelessly gridlocked on the new budget. With the clock running out, the government goes into shutdown, similar to the U.S. shutdown in 2013. Except in this case, things ended much differently. Instead of a two-week-long shutdown, the Australian Governor-General, acting on behalf of the Queen, dismissed and replaced the sitting Prime Minister. The next day, after the controversial spending bill was passed, he fired all of Parliament 
and held new elections to replace them. Not only does she have the power, she's not afraid to use it. Everyone knows the queen is rich. But just how wealthy the 90-year-old is might surprise you. While looking at the names of the richest people alive, you will see names like Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, and Carlos Slim. However, the true wealth of the queen is hidden in private trusts and even in the monarchy itself. A casual search of the queen's net worth reveals a sum around 600 million. This wealth is astonishing by anyone's standards, but her true wealth is absolutely mind-blowing. By allowing assets to be owned by the monarchy, the royal family can conceal their true value while still ensuring their wealth is passed on to their heir. The truth is, her actual net worth is in the trillions. She still owns 89% of Canadian land called Crown Land, which is administered by various government agencies and departments on behalf of the Queen. She essentially leases it out to her own people and receives a percentage of the funds. The largest landowners in Britain is the Crown Estate. Uh, they own a combined property portfolio of around 8.1 billion pounds. That includes agricultural land as well as urban properties. And this isn't the, the monarch's personal private land, but she receives an annual percentage revenue from this every year. Canadians are not land owners, they are land holders. This is a big difference. Aside from her enormous land ownership in Canada, she also owns 50% of UK coastline, all of Regent Street, and is rumored to own parts of Manhattan. Crown land is some of the most valuable in the country. Indeed, the value of the Crown's urban property, four billion pounds, is four times greater than the value of its rural land holdings. The Crown owns, for instance, the entirety of Regent Street, around half of St. James's in London's West End, and retail property across the UK, including in Oxford, Exeter, Nottingham, Newcastle and Harlow. The Crown owns part of the Blue Water Retail Park in Kent. It also owns retail parks in Leeds, Milton Keynes, Merseyside, Slough, Swansea, Portsmouth, Harlow, Maidstone, Hemel Hempstead, Nottingham, Edinburgh, Warwick, Cheltenham and Jersey. The Windsor Estate controls Ascot Racecourse, golf clubs, hotels, farms and woodland. In Scotland, the Crown owns fishing rights on many rivers, oyster and mussel fishing revenues, and mining rights throughout its holdings. The feudal Cornwall laws are pretty much a, an archaic and medieval-like remnant um, of, from kings and queens past. It allows the Duchy of Cornwall, that's the Prince of Wales's personal estate, to work as a separate legal jurisdiction. So that means that the Prince of Wales cannot be summoned in any of Her Majesty's courts. It means that he... Remember, first of all, you remember y'all were talking, oh, he's going to be arrested, Jeffrey Epstein, murmur, murmur, Jeffrey Epstein, murmur, murmur. Yeah, Jeffrey Epstein. He, he been, they've been raping fucking kids, doing all that shit for thousands of years. Their family's thousands of years old. Jeffrey's only 56 years old. 56, 56, 56, died at 56, 56, 56. Gematria, 56, 56, 56 is important to them, okay? 56, 56, 56. We're doing a Gematria episode where we're going to discuss 56. Um, 56, 56, 56. But understand what he's saying. No laws apply to them, even the laws that they made, because all laws were made by them, but no laws apply to them. Understand what he's saying. No laws. He cannot be legally summoned to pay tax, and it means he's able to veto 
any law passed by government which may affect his private interests. Jeffrey and Epstein. We know he has done this. Uh, uh, Jeffrey times Epstein. Uh, Jeffrey he Epstein. secretly held a major share in a large Mississippi plantation called the. She's done it twelve times already. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back. Duchy of Cornwall. That's the Prince of Wales's personal estate to work as a separate legal jurisdiction. So that means that the Prince of Wales cannot be summoned in any of Her Majesty's courts. It means that he cannot be legally summoned to pay tax. And it means he's able to veto any law passed by government which may affect his private interests. And we know he has done this 12 times already. She secretly held a major share in a large Mississippi plantation called the Delta Pine and Land Company, until two U.S. congressmen blew the whistle on her and her use of a company called Courtlands, as in Courtlands Textiles, to hide her shares in the plantation known locally as the Queen's Plantation. Aside from a jaw-dropping real estate portfolio worth an estimated 17 trillion pounds, her assets include a solid gold carriage weighing over four tons, 27,000 masterpieces, Rolls Royces, and Bentleys. But her stolen riches could not be better exemplified than by the very jewels and diamonds the queen wears. Fabulous pieces, legendary diamonds, and historical regalia worth untold billions. Her jewelry collection contains over 16 diamond jewel crowns, one of which contains a special diamond broken from the largest diamond ever found, known as the Star of Africa, and another diamond known as the Kohinoor diamond, a piece of myth and legend in India, which fell from one emperor and conqueror to another for centuries before finally being given to Queen Victoria by a 10-year-old Maharaja. The crown jewels are so secretive, they are never allowed to be studied even by experts, and the jewelry collection's worth remains unknown. But how could one family amass trillions in assets? The answer lies in the enormous power their family has leveraged throughout the past century. Some of their wealth has been stolen from their own taxpayers. However, much of it was taken from the many colonies her family once owned entirely. Many of these places contained enormous natural resources, which were exploited and sold with little regard to the native peoples, as is the case with the diamond known as the Star of Africa, which she wears on her crown. Still, much of her wealth comes from even more dubious sources. The English royal family had a great connection with slavery, starting from Elizabeth I. The Duke of York used to get his initials DY branded onto the left buttock or breast of each of the 3,000 slaves who were his. In 1624, the English colonized Barbados and St. Kitts, and approximately 23 years later, the first sugar from Barbados was sent to England. England captured Jamaica from the Spanish, and the slave trade had yet another place in which to thrive. Elizabeth I established the Royal African Company to facilitate the transport and sale of slaves, which would thrive up until the dawn of the 18th century. But the wealth they obtained from selling African lives would be chump change compared to the haul they would soon make on China. The royal family joined with the East India Trading Company to import into China. The number one import, opium. 
The drug was illegal in China, though the ban was widely ignored. There were an estimated 12 million peasants addicted to opium. The authorities there called it a deadly poison ruining the minds and morals of our people. The British grew opium poppies in India. There they processed it in factories on a colossal scale. Finally, it was shipped to China and sold to smugglers. Almost 13% of the income of India under British rule was derived from the sale of good quality Bengal opium to British-run opium distributors in China. In 1839, the Chinese emperor decided he'd had enough. He ordered more than a thousand tons of British-supplied opium to be seized and destroyed. The opium wars were about to begin. Britain's first ocean-going iron warship, the Nemesis, built in Liverpool, was sent out to take on the emperor's navy. It helped destroy much of it in a single afternoon. This was the modern world confronting an ancient one, sailing junks against steam-driven gunboats. The Chinese had no choice but to surrender and to open five ports to British trade. Ultimately, the Chinese people would fight two devastating wars to rid themselves of the British imported opium and put an end to the addiction crisis which for so long had ravaged their population. The British monarchy, which is not British as we will soon show, has amassed a great fortune German, off their German. own people and the colonies they controlled. Exactly how much, however, is officially a state secret. That's right, the royal family's net worth is confidential and exempt from any freedom of information request. But experts estimate it at over $32 trillion. While the UK tax rate can be over 40% for high-income earners, the British royal family can pretty much pay whatever they like. For hundreds of years, the royal family paid no income tax whatsoever. After all, they're kings, they collect taxes. But in 1992, under mounting pressure, the Queen begrudgingly volunteered to pay income and capital gains tax. However, she is exempt from any freedom of information laws and all inquiries into how much the royal family pays, if any, have been declined. If it's personal wealth, you'd expect someone who was resident in the UK for tax purposes, which you'd like to imagine that the head of state of the United Kingdom was regarded as being a resident of the UK, uh, although admittedly she's the head of state of, of a number of other countries as well. That's right. But uh, you'd like to imagine that that person might be expected to pay regular tax on what is after all their personal income, but they don't. They don't have a normal tax arrangement. They have paid tax, but it's not done in the standard way. And we, we just don't really know what exactly their personal wealth is, and it's, it's clouded to a large extent. Also, consider that while she commands great wealth, much of it is owned in a trust. 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 Much of it is owned in a trust. Understand what I'm saying, family? In a trust. 
They are the original. They don't even pay taxes. Did you hear that? They don't pay taxes, but you do. And it's not a scam. Taxes isn't a scam. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. So, I don't know about y'all, bro, but after watching this, I was like, damn, we it, it's, it's just so clear the people need to unite, bro. African people need to put aside our bullshit. We've done it before. We've done it recently. We've done it throughout time. We can and we will do it again. I have full faith in us. Fuck. I have full faith in us. I have full faith in us. Full faith in us. Um, but it needs to be done. It needs to be done. We'll be black. It needs to be done, family. Did you hear how the reptiles are living? You're you're thinking about oh dying to get into heaven? They're in heaven right now. Satan's in heaven right now on the earth. There's no heaven or hell. It's, those are just states of consciousness. Satan is really here. Chilling. Okay. What are you doing? You're stressing. You're stressing about paying bills. Say Satan's chilling, collecting souls. The goat is chilling, collecting souls. Okay, Baphomet is chilling, collecting souls. Lucifer is chilling, collecting souls. Okay. Chilling, collecting souls. Chilling, collecting souls, bro. Chilling, collecting souls. Chilling, collecting souls. It's truly ridiculous. Chilling, collecting souls. Okay. We'll be back. I have, like, probably two more episodes to get through. Um, man. This shit just reframed my thinking. Like, there's a lot of conspiracy. Like, I'll even admit that there are conspiracies about, you know, this, that, and the third. It's clear they've gone into hiding, but, like, it's not virus-related, you know? Some kind of reckoning or judgment. I don't know. I don't know. But evil doesn't go into hiding for no reason. I don't think so. I don't think so at all.